This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Good morning. My name is Seth Studley. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today is day 45, growing wife, stagnant husband, family of origin, and generational addictions. If you're new here, welcome. We have over 250 episodes about all things marriage-related, relationship-related. And we just love that you're here and that you're learning about your marriage and your relationships. And as always, our show is brought to you by Audible. Please go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get a free audiobook on us because we love you. We learn from Audible all the time and mm-hmm. we want you to do the same. So go do that. That's right. Thank you for joining us on Instagram Live and also Facebook Live. And soon, hopefully... What? Colleen, what's up, girlfriend? <laughs> hey. <laughs> awesome. I'm so nervous now. No, just kidding. Um, but uh, we do uh, every day on Facebook Live and Instagram Live and we're going to try to do YouTube Live to get that channel up and running again because it was up and running for a long time mm-hmm. and we just kind of let it go. So yep. welcome if you're new and let's dive in. Yep. Oh. Well, every day we read a review of the day. Actually, I didn't put one on there, so we're not going to do that today. Okay. I review forgot. of the day, 500 stars. Your <laughs> podcast is the best and I want to give you money. Whoa, thanks <laughs> What a that. great review. That's Thank awesome. you, <laughs> everyone. Good morning, Colleen, Stephen, Meg. <laughs> go ahead and read question number one. I'm going to turn the light off real quick. Okay. All right. Question number one. My husband is so rebellious. I'm nearly certain it's a family of origin situation. It seems that if I want something, he doesn't. After talking to him about this, he began to shed some light. He had been feeling like his needs weren't being met. He hasn't been, he hasn't been feeling validated, and I've made great efforts in turning those things around, even, the, even learning our love languages. However, that rebellious spirit lingers. I believe a lot of the issues could have been helped if we could connect. We haven't really been able to do that. It's very disappointing to both of us, and but we've hung in there. We're Christians, but he won't worship me with me, and he only prays with me periodically. It seems important to get him to understand how this has impacted our marriage and family. We both raised in Christian homes. He said that what he wanted to, and he said... He said he wants to go to church regularly, oh. but he remains stagnant while the wife is growing. And then it says, I see, I see some of his emotional struggle, but he tries to figure it out all on his own. I painfully watch him go in circles. What can I do? Mm, okay. So let's see. 
what can you do? Um, I'm not really sure what the question well, is. Well, I think there's here. several there's several questions sort of woven together in here, and there's yeah. things I wanted to bring up because it talks about learning love languages, and I do think that that's really important. Mm-hmm. It talks about a rebellious spirit. Um, that could be an Enneagram thing. That could be just the type of personalities that you are. If you're not right. familiar with the Enneagram, listen to <clears throat> Sleeping at Last. That's a podcast, and they have... Um, Chris Hewerts, who talks about the different Enneagram stuff. So we have done Enneagram episodes, so you can mm-hmm. go to anatomyofmarriage.com and you can search in the search bar Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Right. And um, we have episodes about it. It's just different personality types. So I don't know necessarily that it's family of origin that your husband is rebellious unless you see um, like that it's actively happening in his family, like his mm-hmm. dad or whatever. Is that okay. why? Yeah, there's one thing that jumps out to me. After talking to him about this, he began to shed some light. He had been feeling like his needs weren't being met. So I want to go down the communication road, okay? How do you guys communicate? Um, if it's anything like me and Melanie, sometimes I just go along with things and then get kind of like a little bit angry about it, but if I do that for too long, then I'm like, oh yeah, well this and this and this. And she's like, why didn't you say that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just didn't say it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all about communication styles. I would highly suggest using the clearing structure, which you can get on the website. And it talks about exactly how you're feeling because sometimes, in uh, at least in Western culture, men aren't you know taught to share their mm-hmm. feelings. We're just and taught to like bear the brunt of stuff and that doesn't, sure it has its place, but that doesn't work, it especially doesn't work in our relationship and leaves me feeling dissatisfied, not listened to, unheard kind of thing. And I, there's two things I want to say to that. So go, if you want to use the clearing structure like Seth mentioned, it's on our website under the tools tab. So there's a button that says tools, click that, or it says tools of marriage, click on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see the clearing structure is one of those tools. Um, it's like a sit down thing. You fill it out in the form. It's very easy to use. Um, the second part of that is you said, uh, that you're not, you said, I believe a lot of the issues we have could be helped if we could connect. Mm. So I want to talk, I know I've talked about this before, but I think it's really important to point out. Right. Um, socially women are, um, taught and trained that they can connect through talking and hanging out and, uh, hold on one second. Hey, Tuff, get out. You're going to get in trouble. Shut the door. Sorry, our kids are in here mm-hmm. and they're going to get in trouble. Uh, but so you can connect through women are often taught to connect a million different ways. We can do art together. We can go have wine and chat. We can go uh, dance. We can go, you know, do whatever. Like women have a mm-hmm. thousand billion ways that they can connect with people, other right. people themselves. Men have like two. Right. They can beat somebody up <laughs> or they can have sex. That's literally like almost the only thing that men are allowed to do. I know that's a very generalized comment, uh-huh. but they don't have these this giant array of socially acceptable options. Knitting, oh, that's weird. Right. Okay. So Play me, piano me, for fun. What? Let me tell you something about that. So I started jujitsu like three weeks ago. And yeah, I'm getting beat people my, up. Well, no, and I'm getting my butt kicked, and I'm so freaking sore. But I was thinking about this as I was like wrestling with. Literally, a guys man, that yeah. I don't know, I was like, this is awesome, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just like, yeah. And I mean, you, it, it's crazy because like you're just in positions where like, what is that, you know? But it's, it's wrestling, it's jujitsu, and you're just doing stuff. And it does something to your, your brain, at least it has to mine. It's uh-huh. like, okay, let's, let's do stuff and like make things and be creative. It's like it opened up kind of like a 
something different that mm-hmm. hasn't been there for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Am I like best buds with these guys? No, I don't you even, even remember. Know their names. I don't yeah. even remember anybody's <laughs> name. But just the act of that, I think that it helps me to be more present here and it even helps like our intimacy life which is interesting you know well and that's what i'm getting at so that's that's connection connecting connecting with other guys in a in a way and having an outlet which is yes but again that is a very narrow window outlet it's beating someone up which is fine do that that's great but like some so why i'm bringing all this up why the fact that that we are talking about men have like two primary outlets is that in a marriage they it's almost like more confined because your Mm -hmm. wife has expectations of what you should and shouldn't do and how Mm -hmm. you should and shouldn't talk. And so men often, all of their emotional, relational, everything is like in this big, 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 big balloon. And the only funnel they have to connect with their wife is sex. Right. So that's the last thing a wife wants to hear if sex is not interesting to her or Mm -hmm. she feels like, I mean, I just use our own marriage Mm -hmm. as that example. Like, I, to me, sex wasn't connecting. I had been objectified by people my entire life, and I was like, no, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. That's not connecting. I want someone to listen to me, not look at me, right? right? I don't want you to touch me. Why don't you talk to me, right? Mm. But on the total other side of that same coin, Seth was saying, I just need to touch you. Mm-hmm. Like I need to, all of my emotional, relational, everything is funneled through this one experience, and mm-hmm. there's no other way I can get that. Right. So I well, I'm, sorry. There there are ways. They don't it's, believe it's, there's it's another up, way. It's up to the guys to find that and cultivate it. And yeah. Create. No, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. they don't believe that there is another way that they can connect emotionally, relationally all of those things spiritually with their partner. Mm -hmm. So in that sentence, it says, I believe a lot of the issues we have could be helped if we could connect. I agree with that. And I think that it's a very like, but I want to offer this idea of figure out a way that you can intentionally connect in order to tap into those things that you think aren't being happen, aren't happening. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. So like to be able to find a way to, to be intimate, but not like the goal is just sex. The goal is actually like seven layers deeper. Right. Into the dip, <laughs> seven layer dip. <laughs> seven layer um, bean dip. What you can do is uh, get the Ultimate Intimacy app and have conversation starters, and that's a really good. Oh yeah, the conversations and the conversation starters. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I do think there is something to say about being stagnant. You're um, you're saying your husband is stagnant while you are still growing, and that there's a tension there that you don't like, and that mm-hmm. I kind of totally understand that, and that like you're going to church and he's not going. Here's the pra- the exercise I want you to try, if he's willing to talk about that is projected out six months, a year, five years mm, that's and say, a good exercise. And, and ask, you say, Hey, you know, I feel like in the past you had mentioned that you would wanted to be raising our kids or having our family go to church together. But I noticed right now that we really don't go that often. What is it? What, what do we want? Like, what do we want that to look like in six months? Mm-hmm. Do we want to find a different church that maybe we both really feel like we're challenged in or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of present it in a different way. Don't present it like I'm growing, you're stagnant. Right, mm-hmm. like presented in a way that's an invitation to view the future differently, to mm-hmm. see where you're at, and the and like that the fact that every Sunday is an opportunity to make that connection, and right. if we don't make it, we didn't make it, mm-hmm. right? Does that make sense? Yeah, then you prepare yourself for next Sunday mm-hmm. and what you want. And so, great question. Uh, but I, but I want to just say, I don't think that your husband is rebellious. I think your husband doesn't feel understood and heard. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is that culturally, it's that's not a thing men know how to do very There's well. There's a great book called Wild at Heart by I think. Um, 
Eldridge. And I haven't read it, but all the podcasts and other media that I consume say to read that book. To, you had Wild at Heart, didn't you? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I did. I, I don't know. Did. But it 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 kind of uh, exemplifies what um, I, I think. What is it? It's like um, we need we need a a a beauty to take care of, something beautiful, maybe a woman or whatever, or a task, something to defend, and then something to be proud of, or something like that. It's uh-huh. probably not right, but that's like what what. Um, is, is important to most guys. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty interesting concept. Yeah. So maybe he should read that and you should read it also. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to the next question. Why do we have to go to the next question so fast? I just want to say a few more things. Um, I think it's important, like Seth was mentioning, doing jujitsu as as unrelated as that seems, tapping into like a deeper part of who you are as a person. Maybe that's creatively, maybe it's physically, maybe it's spiritually. Yeah. Helps people to live more fully and more present with their relationship. So mm-hmm. is your husband doing stuff that makes him feel like he's growing? Yeah. Is he challenging himself in really great ways that make him feel alive? Like, is he, is he doing that? The sort of on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, is he doing mm. the self-actualization thing at the peak? Cause mm-hmm. that's where people get stagnant when they're just like, I just go to work. I just pay the bills. I just do this. Life is right. stupid. Life is hard. I don't like church. Church is dumb. Find a way to get to that next level right. of growth. And that might be a th- something that you can offer. And not not like a, you need to grow so you can not be stagnant. But like, why don't we do something together? Let's go hiking. Let's do pottery. Yeah. Let's do whatever. Or also giving permission is a really big thing. And this is huge, like in the psychology therapy world. Sometimes we have unspoken assumptions that, oh, Melanie would never want me to do that. That's a great point. Right? And I'm not going to push it or I'm not going to do whatever. And we have even talked about this too. Is <clears throat> like, hey, I... what even if you think it's silly or whatever, I need permission from you. And it's not like, you can't do this unless I say. It's not that. It's like emotional, mental, spiritual permission that things will be okay. It's almost like attunement. It's like... It's attunement. It's like, Seth, I give you permission to go and do jujitsu once a week or to go hunting during hunting season, Mm -hmm. you know, four times or five times or whatever it's okay you know and then like because melanie oftentimes feels guilty for like spending money or doing whatever and i've repeatedly given her permission i just say go buy whatever shoes you want and it's not like i control all the money it's not that or anything it's like hey we're in this together if you want that sure let's talk about Mm -hmm. it and go do it it is completely fine Mm -hmm. and then then that's up to you to do it or not you know it's like hey I said you could. You're you're not doing it now for your own reasons that have nothing to do mm-hmm. with me. Yeah, you know what, you that's know a saying? good point. And I think again, back in in this conversation, it sounds like you know stagnation is caused when we're not growing, when we're not actually growing. But you know what? The hard thing about growing is it means you're doing something you don't know if you can succeed at. Mm-hmm. You're doing something that you have no idea if you'll even like it. So it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's scary to be like, gonna go to college and get my master's degree. Might flunk out. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna spend money on this. I'm gonna take time to do it, and I might suck at it. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's an, a whole element of fear that's involved with growth. Um, and then I love that idea of giving the allowance and the permission and the having that attunement with your partner to mm-hmm. be like, yes, you can do this. Because I go back to like, <clears throat> if your partner is feeling, if you think that they're feeling stagnant, 
and their behavior is rebellious, it's probably fear. It's just fear and like a lack mm-hmm. of knowing how to communicate it yeah, and a lack fear of knowing or, like, or it's insecurity. just like, yeah. I'm going to go back to everything I know. And maybe my dad was always just a total a-hole to my mom. So that's what I'm going to go do because mm-hmm. I don't know any other way to do it because right. growing in that is scary. Yeah. I'd rather do what I my family did instead of grow. Mm-hmm. So thank you for letting me talk longer about that. You have permission. <laughs> I had permission. <laughs> okay. So I'm not quite sure how to word this, but here it goes. There are certain generational curses that exist on both my side and my husband's side of the family. Alcoholism, drug addiction, abuse, just to name a few. I'm on the fence whether I truly believe generational curses exist, but I do see these patterns of going back to five... Behaviors going back. five to six generations in our family. My question is, would discovering and understanding the foo, family of origin stuff, help build a defense against that continuing these behaviors? My husband and I parent and raise our children completely... I think it's differently. Completely differently than... Our parents raised us, but I'm just wondering. And what were some books that discuss family of origin? Okay, so this is my absolute wheelhouse, right? So in Indian country, we talk about historical trauma and intergenerational trauma, right? Things. Ter- when Seth says Indian country, he works with Native Americans. Right, Native folks. And so there were, were things in Indian country that were terrible that happened, right? And they have been going on forever, right? And in other, uh, also non-native families, there was like some rift. We call it a uh, a, a schism, like a schism happened, right? It's kind of like in a series of, of unfortunate events, the schism. Well, that's actually a, a therapeutic <laughs> oh, term. that's funny. Yeah, it's like, think of like an earthquake happening and now there's a divide, right? Something happened that changed the course of our lives, right? A huge thing. Also, we call them nodal events, but whatever. So maybe there was something that happened a long time ago and that trauma has been just perpetuated, right? Because a family of origin, we are going to do what our families did. It's the university of relationships, right? And the most beautiful thing about this is it absolutely 100% can stop right here. Generations of trauma, generations of maladaptive reactions, generations of hurt can heal right here. Um, what is there? Oh boy, uh, I can't. I can't think of the the the, the phrase that I was going to say, but it absolutely can't stop. So this is the first steps. What's up, T? This is the very first step of uh, stopping that trauma is understanding it, being interested in it, seeing it, a- acknowledging it. Yeah, all this crap happened. It can stop here. Not saying it's going to be easy or not saying you're going to get support or anything, but it absolutely can stop here. And one of the best books on this to understanding family of origin is, I think we talked about it last week or a couple days ago, is Family Ties That Bind by... Someone who wrote it. Richards, I think. (laughs) Family Ties That Bind. It's a red book with little Russian tea dolls on it. Just Google it. Nesting dolls. Nesting dolls. And that uh, really, really opens up your brain to like, oh... I do this because my grandpa treated my dad this way, and now I'm treating my kid that way, Mm -hmm. being short or abusive or being super loving or whatever. So when I say we absolutely can stop it, I really do mean that. It's like my grandpa went through this trauma, I don't know, World War II, or being taken to boarding schools in Indian country or whatever. He didn't learn this stuff. He came back, didn't have the tools had kids, treated his kids this way. So my dad learned that. And then he perpetuated that to me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing that same exact behavior with me and how I'm treating my sons mm-hmm. or my daughter or even my wife, mm-hmm. right? So things like alcoholism or drug addiction, trauma, let's see, trauma 
is the gateway drug to addiction. It's not just like, oh, smoke a joint, now I'm doing heroin, you know, like everybody used to say in the 80s or 90s. It's trauma. trauma addiction, any kind of addiction starts from some sort of trauma, some sort of rift, some sort of schism that happens. And then we're just trying to be like, oh, crap, I'm in a canoe and I have zero paddles and there's a big waterfall, waterfall up ahead, you know. Um Another part of that, like you said, trauma is the gateway to addiction. Right. Um, another thing that I've read recently was the opposite of dic- of addiction is connection. So mm. the so there's that's important. I just want you to kind of get that into your mind for a second. But one of the things that it talked about in here was the idea of generational curses or whatever in families, and um, I think there needs to be an awareness of how that. And I don't. Generally, generational curses is like a biblical, I think it's a religious way to say generational like addiction, right? It's basically a way to talk about family of origin. But stuff. it's biblical, right? So it's like church-based? I don't know. I'm just saying that in case people don't know what that means, okay. in case people have never heard the term generational curse. Right. I think it's like a biblical or religious way to talk about like mm-hmm. the patterns of behaviors over generations. And so one example that is super silly almost, but from my own family of origin is that my family that I grew up in, my mom was is super jumpy, right? And uh, so she's a f- like every loud sound, every whatever. So I just was really jumpy forever. Every loud sound scared me. Everything was terrifying. Like when we moved into this apartment, how many months ago? Every single sound gave me a wave of... um, Gave you a a body response. Like anxiety. Like Mm -hmm. seriously, like I would go, (gasps) every sound, a door would shut, a car would start, an alarm would go off, a kid would make a noise Mm -hmm. in some other apartment, and I would be like, oh my gosh, like my whole body would just go, right? "Ah," right? And at some point, at first I was like, I'm going to have a panic attack and die here. Mm -hmm. I can't deal with this. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, wait a minute. This is just something I learned. Right. And what if I could train myself to be okay, to eventually be fine with this? Mm-hmm. And last night there was fireworks going off and I was like, oh, that's just fireworks. Mm. Like I didn't go. <gasps> right. Right. Which I literally would do before. <laughs> the vapors. The vapors. Um, and so it's an interesting and weird kind of way to think about that the family of origin things we inherit can actually manifest themselves physically in right. our body. So right. it takes such a, like you have to be able to kind of go way, like uh, Dan Siegel talks about the idea of there's like multiple versions of you. There's mm-hmm. the version of you that's living and talking and doing things and eating food. And then there's a version of you sort of like up in the bleachers watching you do mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. There's a version of your mind that's like c- completely disconnected to what's happening with, you know, it's the part that thinks about stuff. Don't tickle me. It's the part that <laughs> thinks about stuff when you're doing something. So there's two parts of our mind. Mm-hmm. You need to use that guy up in the bleachers, that lady sitting up in the bleachers watching you in the arena. Mm-hmm. You use that brain to look at your family of origin generational things and go, wait, right. what am I really doing? What am I really saying? Am I perpetuating? Because it's so much bigger than just dad yelled at the kids. Right. Right. Sometimes it's like a much deeper seated thing. No, not, I would say not sometimes. It always is. Yeah. And through therapy and a ton of introspection, uh, you can actually find it. Like hearing, hearing. Um, we'll read that comment in a minute, but mm-hmm. hearing you talk about your mom, maybe there was like some, and I, I don't know, maybe there was some sort of attack that she went through mm-hmm. or something that startled her. Well, I know. You know I mean, and she, like, yeah. Created that startle response, which was, which would be a PTSD mm-hmm. response. And then, okay, this, the, the, something happened. This is my new way of being. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You're learning from a little girl. It's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, 
Things everything, are, yeah, everything is scary. scary. Like, make sure you're safe. Make sure everyone's right? safe. Yeah. Same thing with alcoholism or drug addiction or whatever. Something happened. I saw my dad drunk most of the time. You know, I mm-hmm. thought about this a long time. You're ago. You're not saying you. You're not saying that. No, about not yourself. me. Not me. You're, but just an, an, example. an example. And I thought about this a long time ago. Like, uh, parents who smoke have kids that smoke. Mm. That's just. I mean, like you know, yeah. like growing up in the '80s, people used to smoke inside all the time. Everybody smoked. So why wouldn't I smoke? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I smoke? smoke? Or you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like parents that exercise or do podcasts. Our kids are probably going to do a podcast and run and wake up early in the morning or or cold who knows dip. what or cold dip, right? Um, uh, things like that. And it's so interesting to me because it's like if if we're willing to do the work and like go back, we can trace these things back to be like that's when it happened. Mm-hmm. Things were normal. Things were beautiful. Things were awesome. But that's when it happened. Mm-hmm. And like when in in uh, Indian countries, a perfect example is through boarding schools yeah, and, oh man. and uh, all kinds of wacky policies that the U.S. the United States government had. It's like things were beautiful. Mm-hmm. Things were harmoni- harmonious. You know, sure there were wars and stuff in between, but that's always happened. But like this massive trauma, massive group trauma, really changes things. Mm-hmm. And if you can go, oh, that's when it happened. That's mm-hmm. why your grandma. Your native grandma treated you this way because her parents went to boarding school. They didn't know, mm-hmm. and that's when it happened. So it's like that's when it happened. I'm not going to push that forward. Yeah. I'm not going to and, perpetuate that. And there's no judgment on how people dealt with the things that they went through. Like right. I'm, we're not saying, "Oh, my grandma, she had no idea." Blah. Mm-hmm. We're just saying, "Holy crap, she lived through that, right. and she did the absolute best she freaking could right. with the situation of the, her childhood and her life." And and it was great. She did good. She was good. White, right? Whatever. Not anything bad so it's hard because i think we often it is interpreted as if we need to judge the things that are historically have happened in our uh, families okay, there's a bunch let's, of let's read comments. this that, uh, a vicious cycle of trauma causing isolation and addiction addictions causing isolation which perpetuates shame and guilt feeding isolation opening up about trauma and addiction are the only ways to break free and uh, to free ourselves and break from those negative cycles That's yes awesome. 100% that is so true thank you so much for answering the question you're welcome and yes book. generational curses is yes. a religious way of saying family of origin that's right and i in so i'm gonna kind of go to like some church circles or whatever saying a a generational curse it's like oh i'm just cursed that's yeah i don't like that i don't like that you know why because it is it is labeling and it it is not empowering and it also and i'm not going to say it's an excuse it's almost like that is my reason why i why I do what mm-hmm. I do, right? Mm-hmm. And so many people in therapy, so many couples come in and say, "Well, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just snarky," you know. Or you would say, "Well, I'm just sarcastic," uh-huh. or like, you know, for it me, it was I'm an like, Well, I, I yeah. just, I just um, am this way. Mm-hmm. It's like bullcrap. Mm-hmm. You're not that. You know what? You may be that way, but I'm not. Call bullcrap on your generational curse, because I'll tell you what. Like I have before, like in in therapy and stuff. I'm like. I'm not buying that, sister. You, you know? have them write it down and then you tear the piece of paper up. And <laughs> yep. Bullcrap. Bullcrap. Um, I blow my nose with it. Gross. Uh, yeah, I think it's important to really not take on the identity of, the, of that generational curse, right? So <clears throat> especially when it's something that you can change. So if it's like, yeah, we have a generational curse of like, the husbands in our family, the, the men are all just total jerks and we've, that's just the curse we deal with. Right. No. Every moment of every day that your husband, like you as a man, Seth, you're the husband. This guy. Every time you talk to me, you have a choice. Mm -hmm. You can either generational curse me 
or just be nice. Right. And it's every single time, a thousand billion times a day for mm-hmm. the rest of your life that you choose to not and walk And guess in what? That it path. hurts and we want to blame because probably we, we have been it's super easy acculturated and fun to into a pattern of blaming and say, well, if you wouldn't this, then I wouldn't do that. I have so many male clients that do that. I'm like, I'm going to strangle you because yeah. it's like... Because you do jujitsu. <laughs> No, not I'm yet. I'm not you. that good. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, somebody says, "Does addiction cause behavior abuse?" Yes. I'm. I'm not sure what that means. Like, sure, if I'm like addicted to something, then my behavior will treat other people. It doesn't cause it. Let's poorly, say this a maybe. different way. It doesn't. Addiction doesn't cause behavioral abuse or behavior abuse. Addiction is, I would say, very strongly... Like, if you're addicted to something, you don't feel that you're in control of things. And you will manipulate people and be mean to them. Right. That's what you mean. And if you are under the influence of addiction, and I'm not just talking like drugs or alcohol, like I'm addicted to... Pinterest. Super super negative thinking. Oh, yeah. Or whatever, or this mindset. Um, That will change your behavior, which your behavior, while you're under the influence of whatever that is... Will pot can possibly cause uh, no bad behavior. Uh, it directly did that with me. I talked about this a few episodes back, where I was addicted, no joke, oh, to right. thinking that something was perpetually wrong. I would feel something in my body. I would go, oh, God. like I would feel this like gut, like the. So when we moved to the apartment, I was like, we messed up. We this is. Right. I'd have all this fear that would just come out of absolutely nowhere, and then I would just go like, "Yeah, we, yep, worst decision ever." I think mm-hmm. I'll sit in this fear, and then I would become addicted to that cycle. And then I, you know what I would do? My behavior from that addiction, I would point it all at Seth. I mean, this is your fault. Do you, you remember didn't Paris? Think about, don't even talk about Paris. <laughs> you bought the plane ticket. Okay. Oh, uh, so I really, my behavior was absolutely based on my addiction to feeling that something was wrong and that it was somehow Seth's fault that I was feeling fear, right? If that makes yes. sense. There's more uh-huh. comments here. Uh, let's see. So hopefully that answers the addiction caused behavior abuse. Um, me either. It drives me crazy, but I didn't know of another way to word it. Yeah, but family of origin and generational abuse yeah. are the same thing and, and it so can perpetuate. That, and it's empowering. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what this means. People are asking to request don't to be push in your it. live video. I think that if we do that, then they can talk to us. Someone's got like a picture in the tell video. Tell us what it means on Facebook when someone requests to be in our live video because we don't know how to do it. Yeah, Why don't so, you just try? I don't know who it is. It's not. A, it might be like a troll yeah, or something. Yeah, so using so the word generational curse perpetuates a victim mentality. This is my husband. This is what my husband is dealing with in his family. His parents are stuck with what happened to them and can't change. I find myself under verbal attacks mostly like by addictive spouse. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's that's hard, but you can and that's all one hundred percent. You can one hundred percent choose how you're going to res- respond to it and say these are my boundaries. When you do that, um, this isn't working for me. Like Melanie, so I have been a jerk to Melanie about eight zillion times. I'll say, don't do it. Don't, don't be in the live video. Okay, thank okay, you. We won't I, do I don't it. know if it was thank somebody we knew, the, we would, you. but we, there's no picture there um uh accept it and it pops into your screen yeah okay yeah, thanks okay, T. Okay, thank um you. so what was i saying oh yeah so there's been times when i've been really stupid and um just mean and nasty to melanie mm-hmm. and she has been like nope i will not let you talk to me that way mm-hmm. and i'm like okay and it kind of stops me in my tracks and like maybe two or three times i've done that to mm-hmm. you and it really does just like it turns the water hose off of like I'm not. I'm not yeah. going there. You know. You can come back to me after we apologize or blah blah. blah but it's 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 very important to uh, create boundaries 
strong boundaries around mm-hmm. that. So I want to talk about this comment. It says, um, I find myself under verbal attacks almost daily from an addictive spouse. So there is, a, a, okay, there's this book called, I Hope I Screw This Up by Kyle Cease. I just recently purchased his, he has a video course. It's 20 bucks, 20 bucks, y'all. That's nothing. It's $20. It's called um, The Limitation Game. And it's a live event. It's like 12 hours of videos. It's insane. Or 12 video. I can't remember, but it's awesome. Right. It is unbelievable. Listen to it. Buy it for $20. Get his book. I hope I screw this up. It's by Kyle Cease. I'm going to mention it again. I'm going to post it. But he talks about this idea. And, and this is to the addictive wife, the addictive spouse getting angry and yelling at you or whatever. So we create our, um, we believe in fear, right? We believe in fear. It's going to sound really stupid for a minute. Just hang in there. Um, but Kyle Cease talks about this idea. So I had this fear that when we moved from this apartment or from the house to this apartment, because people were like, why did you do that? Why did you sell your beautiful home? Like, that's, that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're right. Right. And so they had a fear or they had a judgment, whatever that was, a concern. a concern, and it was like a piece of blank paper, and they drew a scary monster of something bad's going to happen. You moved out of your house, and I would take that scary monster drawing, and I would hang it on my wall, and I'd be like, <gasps> something bad's going to happen. I moved out of my house, but what if they never drew it in the first place? What if I never hung it up on my wall? Mm-hmm. I would not worry about it, right? Fear is this weirdly bizarre thing that we create. We create the idea that something is scary or someone is bad or Seth is wrong mm-hmm. or my dad is a jerk or whatever it is. And then we don't even care about the actual thing that's going on. We just care about the thing we created, the fear, the mm-hmm. drawing of the monster. And then we attack it and we yell at it and we tell it to go away. Mm. But really, we created it. Right. So I'm saying all of this because your wife, your partner who is yelling at you, who is addictive and verbally abusive, is has created a drawing of a monster and is putting everything onto you. That's what I was doing to mm-hmm. Seth. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Right. So and that so that ties back into the boundaries like you can draw all the monsters you want to mm-hmm. and i'll be like and i did for years i did I'm this to seth for taking years taking those yeah i'm not taking those anymore i'll help you crumble them up and throw mm-hmm. them away but i'm not putting them on my wall mm-hmm. which is so unbelievably well hard but the thing is i would say too is that um you as the spouse receiving that or the 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 sort of victim side of that mm-hmm. can say hey what are you really afraid of what is the fear behind all of this stuff? And mm-hmm. if I could, um, if I did that in the apartment situation, or let's, mm-hmm. and, and I'll try to think of other ones too, but like in the apartment situation, the fear is, oh my gosh, we've messed up. But then if I think about it long enough, I'm like, what have, what have we messed up? We're really happy here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, what I've met. What have I messed up? Well, maybe money. No, I don't, I don't even think we've done that. We're going to work towards the thing we want. So if I think about the fear long enough, not the drawing of the monster, if I think about like the deeper things like behind the drawing of the monster, it's not scary. It's actually not scary. Mm -hmm. So maybe the partner who is verbally yelling at you and whatever, there's, I think, a few things that need to happen. You need to say, hey, I love you so much, but I won't be yelled at. Mm -hmm. You, You just can't scream in my face. Mm-hmm. You can't say that it's my fault that you're afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm not making you afraid. Then the second layer of that is, let's talk about what are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? Right? There's like these questions that go beyond the like frantic being afraid of the monster on the wall that we drew it ourselves. Right? Right. What are you reading? So the person that wanted to jump on the thing, um, sorry for calling you a troll. I didn't know who, who it was. called you a troll. It says, I don't know either, but every time I want to watch it, it pops up, and I can't see other people's comments until I hit the request. Sorry, no problem. Did sorry. you call someone a troll? Well, not really. Oh, 
But uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're way over time here, but this is a super good topic. Uh, boundaries, don't take that fear drawing and put it on your wall if somebody else wrote it. Uh, think of your own fear drawings. And I just think of the times where we have been robbed. You know, like I'll give three specific examples. Like when we were in Paris, like no kids. We were in freaking Paris for five days. Melanie, robbed? Yeah. The times we have been robbed? What? Robbed of of other uh, enjoying things, right? Okay, you needed to have said that. So I was like, we were robbed we in Paris. I don't no, remember that. I didn't tell you. I didn't <laughs> want to uh, make you uh, have fear. No, um, but the times like, that fear stole our joy. Right, right. So anxiety, like Paris. You know, sure. There's a lot of stressful things, like our plane almost crashing, being in a different city that we don't speak the language. <laughs> And it's crazy, right? But it's also a beautiful time. And we turned it into a beautiful time. Mm -hmm. It was awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Or the times when we went to Great Wolf Lodge and I was like not present and had some weird anxiety. It's like, what am I doing, right? Yeah. You didn't accept my fear, mm -hmm. thankfully, on that one. And then the other time, the ropes course, I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm not yeah. scared. I'm just like anxious about the kids or whatever. And, and then we've had tons of beautiful times where we're like, hey, be here. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. Yeah. Me and you. High five, go. Have yeah. an awesome time. Yeah, there's sort of like a fear, I think, creates this pretend. And I'm not saying fear is fake. So please don't hear me saying that. I know there are things that are really scary in the world. But the thought and the getting stuck in the cycle of fearing and being afraid and and meditating on terrible ideas or meditating on how terrible someone is, is like um, being on a an exercise bike. You're just mm -hmm. going and going and going and going, but you never get anywhere. You right. never get any farther. And so you have to get off of the like treadmill, the exercise bike, the like, I'm just thinking and thinking and doing blah. You have to get off of that and then look back at it and say, what was I actually thinking about? Mm -hmm. What was the thing I was so freaked out about? Mm -hmm. And it takes this kind of grounding, solid presence to get to that place. And I'm going to use this. I talked about the idea of a lizard brain. We all have like the... This, like a, the very, very core of our brain, the amygdala of our brain is like right. super, super old. It's primal. It's afraid of everything. And it's like a lizard. If you touch a lizard that looks fairly calm, it goes, ah! right? <laughs> like the lizard just like all of a sudden it freaks out and it's going everywhere, right? <laughs> so that happens. And we all have that that like old primal brain in our head somewhere. Right. So the thing that happens when people are in a fear cycle and they're blaming and they're yelling at you, they say it's your fault. It's this, you're dumb, you're bad, you're what? Their lizard is losing its freaking mind. Mm-hmm. So if you approach a lizard that's losing its mind with another lizard that's losing its mind, what are you going to do? It's just, it will never end. <laughs> yeah, it's just like insanity times a billion and it will never end. But if you can help that lizard brain person, calm everything down. Just calm everything down, right? You, I, we do this with our kids. Like yeah. when our kids are freaking out, we just, I have to be like, it's just like a lizard who got poked with a stick and he right. doesn't know what's going on. He's, I'm not going to hurt it. <laughs> so, but um, <laughs> I have a hilarious visual, right? So I was literally in the jungle in Costa Rica, right? Because we got <laughs> lost. We had to abandon our I raft. didn't go to Costa Rica. He went by himself. And there's iguanas everywhere. And we're like, whoa, this iguana is crazy. And, you know, it's like seeing them and like we would sneak up on them and stuff. And these iguanas would go, <laughs> just like crazy tearing a down the hill as fast as they could <laughs> with her tail flying and stuff and it was so funny and it scared the crap out of you too because like <laughs> you thought you're gonna this four foot iguana is like running at light speed you know and banana leaves are flying everywhere it's like oh my gosh it's the scariest oh, thing so that's, that's what so funny came well to and mind it is like, it really is like that and until and people get stuck in that mode and then then it's two people in that mode and it's terrible what are you okay doing? 
Our friend T says, Kelly Clarkson. Uh-oh, Seth's favorite. Seth's your man okay, okay, all right. Uh, has a song called Invincible, and one of the lyrics in the bridge is about having fears about things that didn't exist. Just wanted to share that song because it's dope and empowering as Invincible. all get out. Okay, <laughs> Seth loves Kelly Clarkson. So well, I only know like, one song. It's like Oh, he wishes chorus. I was Maybe Kelly I'll, Clarkson. No, I don't. Maybe I'll check that <laughs> song out. Um, that's Thank cool. you for sharing it, though. Yeah, like th- we, we make up our fears. Yeah. You know why we make up our fears? Because we're scared to do what, we're scared of what is the potential on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't go to grad school. What if I get in a zillion dollars of debt and, you know, it's it's crazy or it's weird. Yeah, what if you go to grad school and then you get a master's degree and you're a therapist and, and now you, you start a podcast and you, yeah. do, you speak to thousands of people mm-hmm. a day? Oh, weird. What if that happens? Yeah. And I think the other thing too is I want to ask this question when you're in that fear cycle, when you're the freaked out lizard, what if you took all of the energy that you had been giving to that fear and instead you put it to bringing a solution that was life-giving and helpful? All of the energy of blaming, calling someone stupid, saying it's your fault. We got the tickets to Paris. We almost died on the plane. I hate your guts. I want to go home. You really did. I really did. I freaked out. And uh, what if instead I said... Oh, that was fear. That was fear. That was the drawing of the monster. That was the drawing of the burning plane that I am absolutely deathly afraid mm-hmm. of. And instead, I just went, I'm going to take all of that fear. I'm going to I'm going to acknowledge that I was afraid of that. And then I'm going to bring life in giving life-giving solutions. What are you smiling at? And then when she was freaking out in Paris, I grabbed her like this. Oh, gosh. No, said, you didn't. We, oui, mademoiselle. Oh, God. And then, okay. And then uh, stuffed a Macron in her face. <laughs> and then we went to... Everything uh, is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it didn't happen i cried a lot <laughs> yeah, for like a did. day <laughs> it's cool it was, but anyway thank you are you, are you reading another question no okay geez longest podcast ever no this okay. is great thank you for letting us talk about this thank you for sending in your questions fear is so insane and it makes people do a lot of the things that they do and they mm-hmm. don't realize that they do it so please for the love of all things holy read the book or listen to the audiobook even better um kyle cease i hope i screw this up and he is a comedian that became a life coach and he's phenomenal he does swear kind of a lot or whatever i mean it doesn't bother me but if Mm -hmm. it bothers you just heads up right so check out kyle cease's book i hope i screw this up you can get it for free on audible if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage we will give you his book for free because we love you so do that and then buy his sessions the limit what did i call it the limitation game it's twenty dollars it is so so worth it it is good so uh Please post, yes, the, name we'll post the, the name of the book. Okay, we'll post perfect. it. Um, but it and it's just it's all about understanding Ooh, get what Kyle fear Cease is. On? Oh, trust me. Awesome. Kyle Cease should reach out to is him. my new Wayne Dyer. I actually thought about that really? last night. I love Wayne Dyer. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> okay. All right. We love you guys. Have an awesome fourth. You know, wear your sunglasses and uh, <laughs> For okay. everyone on the podcast, Seth has an eagle shirt with a like a bald eagle with sunglasses and an American flag hat. And it's a do-rag, Mel. It's a do-rag. Okay, sorry. All right. Anyway, thank you you so much. We're going to post all that stuff. Thank you for joining us. Have an amazing fourth. Be safe. And if you're not from America, have a good day. (laughs) Keep all all your fingers. Bye. Okay, bye.